Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaBusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. What is the cloud? It's not just pie in the sky anymore. SAP presents In the Cloud with Game Changers with your host, Bonnie D. Graham. Are you in the cloud yet? If you are, do you know how to maximize its potential? Get ready for an hour of innovations and innovators who will explain how they are using the cloud. Find out how to make it work for you or work more effectively for you. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Hi there. I have a newsflash for you today. As if cloud computing weren't disruptive enough, now there's a force that's lurking outside the bastion I love that word, the bastion of traditional IT. Say hello to shadow IT, or worse, rogue IT. Our panel of experts today have a lot to say about this. Let me tell you just a smidgen about their point of view. Consultant Steve Romero says business users have been going around corporate IT for years. IT needs to accept and embrace shadow IT and leverage it to foster a collaborative relationship with the business. More from Steve in a few minutes. SAP's Greg Chase says what is new agreeing with Steve. What is new is the consumerization of IT, or really ITization, I love that, Greg, of the consumer. Basically, he says we're all digital natives now. We'll be exploring that idea with Greg in a few minutes. He says individuals are making their own IT choices to get their work done. Well, isn't that why we're all doing our jobs? Think Strategies' Jeff Kaplan says, hey, Jeff always knows what's going on. Most CXOs, you know, C-suite people, don't know how many SaaS and cloud apps are actually being used in their organizations. There's a mystery. And Success Factors' Paul Stuker adds, the cost of rogue IT is tiny compared to the hidden cost of non-secure, non-available, mission-critical applications. So stay with me for the next hour as we explore me and my shadow, IT gone rogue. And here's a reminder, next Wednesday, take your coffee break with us on Coffee Break with Game Changers, Wednesday, 8 a.m. Pacific, right here on the Business Channel. And if you want to impress the crowd at work at the coffee machine or around the office, go to sapgamechangersradio.com and sign up for your own free official SAP Game Changers mug on us, including the shipping, no strings attached. So let me introduce you to my special guest. We have a packed panel today. We have gathered the greatest minds on Rogue IT. I'm not sure if they're in the shadows, but we're going to bring them out into the sunshine here. I'd like a hello to Jeff Kaplan, who is Managing Director of Think Strategies and founder of the Cloud Computing Showcase Showplace. I think Showcase is good, Jeff, too. He's also the organizer and host of the very popular Cloud Innovators Summit's Executive Forum Series. Welcome back, Jeff. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Bonnie. 
I'm delighted. You were with us a couple of weeks ago, and I know you're coming back after the summer. You always have great things to share. Can't wait to hear what else you have to say about Rogue IT. want to welcome back also another getting to be a regular on SAP Radio. Steve Romero, the founder of Romero Consulting, is a published and globally recognized IT governance evangelist. That's a lot to fit on a business card, Steve, and an IT business value activist. His mission is helping enterprises realize the full potential of their IT investment for a strategic and competitive advantage. How are you today, Steve Romero? I'm doing really well, and it's great to be with you again, Bonnie. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Welcoming new to SAP Radio, Paul Stuker is a manager of technical solutions consulting for Success Factors. He's responsible per, for presenting the value of SAS and PaaS. PaaS. I still don't know how to pronounce that. P A A S. Cloud architecture, infrastructure, security, and integration capabilities to prospects and customers in the Americas. Paul, welcome to SAP Radio. And how are you today? I am doing fine, Bonnie. Thanks for having me. Wonderful. You sound great. And rounding us up is one of our people who supports this In the Cloud with Game Changers, Greg Chase, Senior Director of Cloud Solution Marketing at SAP. He's an expert, and I mean an expert, on IT cloud strategy. Greg is a frequent blogger on software tools and development related to cloud, software as a service, that's SaaS, hybrid cloud on-premise, IT architectures, platform as a service, that's the one I can't pronounce, and business process management methodology, BP. M. Greg Chase, we finally got you on the air. How are you? Hi, Bonnie. It's a pleasure to actually be on this side of the microphone for once. Wonderful. Glad to have you. That's right. That's right. We have you here. So let's get going with, I'm going to talk to you about your quotes. Let's hear your points of view. I've already started the ball rolling. I'm going to go in the order in which I introduced you in the monologue. So let's start with Steve Romero. Business users have been going around corporate IT for years. How do we know that, Steve? Well, I actually know it from, unfortunately, from actual experience, because um, before I started traveling around the world evangelizing IT governance a little more than five years ago, I spent a quarter of a century working in large IT organizations. And, and my first major encounter with shadow IT was with a, a business group that we found that had actually installed a mini-computer system in one of their business offices. They even had to install raised floors in an HVAC system to support that system. And, of course, shortly after they installed everything and got it up and running and became dependent on it, they asked centralized IT to support it and maintain it. Um, there was another wow. incident where we had uh, compact servers as our as our standard servers years ago. Again, this is we're probably going back 15 years now. One day, a bunch of HP servers show up on the loading dock, and sure enough, they've been purchased by a business unit that didn't want to use standard IT. So, uh, my experience with this so-called new phenomenon goes back quite a few years. Wow, thanks. And you know we love case studies on the show, and you've already dropped a couple of good ones. Even if they don't have names to them, we love it. So thank you, Steve. I'm going to turn to SAP's Greg Chase. What is new is the consumerization of IT, or what you call, Greg, the ITization of the consumer. I love this phrase. We're all digital natives now. What does that mean, digital natives, Greg? I think, first of all, this is really speaking to the demographic change. What's been changing in the business users is everybody that is working and even working at senior management levels has been around as long as the computer. Uh, I'll, I'll date myself here, but even I as a kid remember growing up at least with a Pong game. So we're familiar mm-hmm. with technology, <laughs> using technology. Uh, so the competence level of the average worker is significantly higher when it comes to technology. And I think this is as much a factor of people 
feeling comfortable making their own technology choices just as much as some of these megatrends people talk about in terms of consumerization of IT, socialization of the enterprise, and, uh, and uh, uh, mobilization. I like that. I like that a lot. You know, I, I, when I think of it in terms of uh, nothing as elegant, Greg, as digital natives, I, I think that has a lot of uh, – we've got to tweet that one around and get that picked up and put a little copyright after it, Greg Chase. 2012. But uh, I, we used to say cutting your teeth on technology or, you know, the games you were mentioning. Very, very interesting perspective. Jeff Kaplan, Think Strategies, you said most CXOs do not know how many SaaS and cloud apps are actually being used in their organizations. How many people have you talked to? What is your insider knowledge on this, Jeff Kaplan? Well, you know, I've talked to a lot of folks like um, uh, my cohorts here on this call, and I'll give you one key example of this. Um, uh, and that is a fellow I was talking to at a uh, board meeting the other day who's the CIO of a brand name company. Um, we'll name the company, of course, um, but they're in the fortune, we'll say, 50. And mm-hmm. he talked about how he had recently sent out a straw poll asking his um, uh, division heads to identify software-as-a-service solutions they acquired over the past year. And he thought he had a handle on that number of about uh, a couple of dozen or so. Mm-hmm. But the initial response was over 50, and he admitted that he expects that it could be as much as uh, two to three times that amount. Because, uh, in fact, uh, not only can you uh, hide a computer under your desk, but you can, in fact, hide uh, your access to a cloud app in your pocket, so to speak, with today's um, smartphones and mobile devices. And that's just um, accelerated and intensified this trend that, in fact, we have been seeing for years. It's more convenient than ever before for people to acquire apps. In fact, that term itself is something that's become a popular um, uh, uh, icon for what's happening in the marketplace today. Interesting, Jeff. Is this a point of embarrassment or a lack of due diligence on the part of what you call the CXOs? Is this something where they're going to get slacked by a board if the board knew about this? Just wondering on the culture side. Well, I think it's a point of uh, resignation, if you will. Um, Ah. I think that um, uh, CIOs and CXOs are recognizing that this is a reality. They're trying Mm -hmm. to catch up to that reality. And uh, as we'll be talking about this hour, I'm sure trying to put uh, fair policies together that encourage the adoption of good apps while at the same time uh, managing the and mitigating the risk that might come along with um, not only adopting bad apps but uh, using them in a bad fashion. Very good. Good, good perspective there. And let's bring on success factors, Paul Stuker. Paul, you said the cost of rogue IT is tiny compared to the hidden cost of non-secure, non-available, mission-critical applications. That's a big statement. Tell me about it, please. Well, and again, in the scenarios that really everybody to date has just brought out, there's, there's huge potential and huge history in the marketplace of organizations that saw their business environment reach a velocity that the technology simply wasn't catching up with. Um, I see this day-to-day, certainly in, in the HR segment, uh, where HR has become incredibly strategic in terms of how organizations manage themselves and, and how they drive value out of their staff, out of the, the most expensive asset they have. Mm-hmm. But yet uh, what historically has happened is that those IT organizations oftentimes found themselves on the island 
where they couldn't upgrade, and they had five-year-old technology, and they had a customer set in their companies demanding the latest and the greatest. And, in mm-hmm. fact, they were demanding the latest and the greatest. And what, what I've seen happen, uh, and, and it's, it's gotten significantly better, but in the early days, back around 2000, we saw IT organizations uh, simply getting bypassed in the process, and we saw HR organizations, for example, simply going out and, and buying buying the presentation that looked the best in many cases without consideration for things like data data security, things like data privacy, mm-hmm. the fact that these systems themselves are not islands but need to talk to traditional IT assets. Uh, and uh, we saw a lot of folks stub their toes. And, and what's happened, and the wonderful thing that's happened, is there's been a, a revolution in IT. And uh, IT, I think, is starting to find themselves more strategic as they take on some new and expanded roles to be able to uh, to address the fact that uh, a lot of the things they traditionally manage, racks of servers, for example, are moving outside of their control, and therefore there's more of a pressure on IT to be able to step up to a, a more strategic game where they start to do things like project management, compliance, manage risk mitigation, uh, procurement support, vendor management, and those kinds of things where they have unique and very specialized skills that oftentimes the functional communities may not have. So I, I see this as a double-edged sword, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the one hand, it's creating some really stellar and wonderful new opportunities for IT organizations uh, to really add a lot of strategic value, while at the same time, the, the functional organizations uh, are finding that they have vehicles that can deliver the technology they need when they need it. Uh, so I, I see this as nothing positive if people embrace the change. Thank you, Paul, and you have very graciously brought us right up to the edge of our first break. I'm speaking to Steve Romero, Greg Chase, Jeff Kaplan, and Paul Stuker today. Our topic of the day on In the Cloud with Game Changers is Me and My Shadow, IT Gone Rogue. When we come back, we're going to talk about two articles in CIO Magazine that my guests may not or know, may know about. I just found them today. What CIOs should do about rogue IT? We've covered that a little bit and why marketing goes rogue IT. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Don't even think of touching that mouse. We'll be right back. <clears throat> When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce over 70% of the world's chocolate, more than 50% of the world's brand name jeans, over 72% of the world's beer, more than 86% of the world's athletic footwear, and over 65% of the world's televisions. Learn more at www.sap.com. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce more than 52% of the world's movies, collect tolls for over 1.75 billion road miles traveled each year, and represent 80% of the companies on the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. SAP customers fly more than 1.1 billion of the world's passengers, courier over 50% of the world's packages, and manufacture over 77,000 automobiles a day. Learn more at www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are in the cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. If you have a question or comment for Bonnie or her guests, send an email to bonnie 
sap.d.gram at sap.com. You can also tweet your comments to pound sign SAP Radio during the show. Now back to In the Cloud with Game Changers. And when I left you about two and a half minutes ago on the clock, I was talking about an article in CIO Magazine, What CIOs Should Do About Rogue IT. Uh, Jeff Kaplan, you want to take this one? It's a very provocative headline. It's actually almost a year old. Is this still a big question for the C-suite people you research and speak to? Yeah, bigger than ever, as we talked about in the previous um, segment of the program. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in the past year alone, the idea of downloading apps from our smartphones or our iPads has become uh, as routine as um, you know waking up in the morning, so to speak. And the fact is that um, uh, as we uh, digest more and more apps for our personal purposes, we're finding that that ease of access to these powerful new apps is also increasingly um, appealing from a business point of view. And uh, we have greater freedom because in many cases we are bringing our own devices into the workplace to, in fact, um, experiment with new applications that could Mm -hmm. meet our day-to-day needs. And as a result of that, Yes, there is a need for organizations to establish uh, effective policies that encourage end users to find effective apps, but also encourage them to bring them to the right uh, people within the organization to properly evaluate those apps and the app providers to ensure that they can meet the uh, overall needs of the enterprise. All good points. I have a historical question for you, Jeff. Uh, you and I are probably in the same age range, and we probably remember the days when IT was, as I used in my intro, a bastion. It was sacred ground. There was a door. You walked in, and something big was supposedly happening, big computer rooms, blinking lights, and it was someplace special. Do you think that that we against them or separateness in the organizational infrastructure was what caused people to say, ah, they're not going to be responsive to me. They're off doing their own thing. They don't care. Do you think that separateness was fostered by maybe a, a, a pride or an arrogance on the part of IT historically? Well, there's no question that when you say bastion, I think the image that is conjured up by most business end users and corporate executives is more like a fortress. And it may mm-hmm. not have been entirely their fault. Um, the fact of the matter is that we as a technology industry didn't build user-friendly uh, systems or software uh, that made it easier for IT to supply them to us in a, um, a cost-effective and timely fashion. So IT... Uh, had to, in fact, um, uh, build this, uh, this the systems and software in a protected environment and treat it as such. And um, now the world is changing. The nature of technology, the nature of software is changing radically, um, and it is being designed with the end user in mind. And that means that IT has to change the way in which they work with the end user to find the right solutions to meet their day-to-day needs. Exactly. And with the permission of my panel, I'm going to quickly read the opening paragraph in this article, What CIO Should Do About Rogue. Very quick. I think you will appreciate this. The CEO has fallen head over heels for his iPad. The marketing team has set up shop on every social media site known to man. The sales group has secretly purchased its own software-as-a-service subscription. Meanwhile, the VP of operations is wondering whether there isn't something better out in the cloud that the company could use to run its supply chain. The whole world, it seems, is going rogue. Good description. Steve Romero, what do you think? Oh, it, and it's heartbreaking. You know, and th- those are all realities. <laughs> 
Yes. Um, and the, the, the solution has been around for years, and it's enterprise governance of IT. And, and anyone that follows me or knows me, they're going to say, here he goes again. But, but, but that is truly the answer. Governance is about making decisions. And unfortunately, the business delegated technology decision years ago to IT. And I'm not faulting them entirely because IT was, we were all too willing to become the high priests making unilateral, sometimes, you know, autonomous decisions about technology. And so we, we helped that delegate, we helped the business, you know, we accepted that delegation and we helped the business then really devolve into an abdication of that decision making. So the, the technology decisions and the forums the, and the way those decisions are governed did not have appropriate participation of our business counterparts. That, that lack of participation that that segmentation that you already talked about, the demarcation mm-hmm. between the two business units, and and you make these decisions and we'll make those decisions, planted the seeds for what we're seeing today. It was okay when we could pat them on the heads and say it's technical, you don't understand it, and and we've already discussed it. And Greg already talked about you know how our users are far more sophisticated today. That yes. won't fly anymore. So if there was ever a reason for us not to include them in that discussion, it's gone now. And unfortunately, you know, I've been talking about governance for years, but IT's missed the boat. They could have established mm-hmm. those forums where the business and IT were sharing in those decisions as opposed to the situation that they have right now. They say, oh, you're willing to make those decisions? Well, well, come on and join us now. And it's going to be a much more difficult proposition given the free-for-all that you just described. That's right. It's a free-for-all. Greg Chase, I want to bring up a talking point you told me before the show, and this is very interesting. We're talking about the role of IT. You say, leave IT to do what it does best, standardize and scale. Corporate IT standards provide the framework for departments to run their own IT services in decentralized but coordinated fashion. Greg, that's a big statement. Is, is IT embracing this? Is this a new concept? Are they resistant? Where do you see it? Well, to some extent, I would even have to ask uh, uh, Steve on this, but the way I see it is what we're what I'm talking about here is a new kind of governance or a new approach to governance. Um, we can look at it as accepting the reality that the business is out doing its own its own IT, and even the users are out doing their own IT. But really, if you think about it, the business knows its business and it even knows how to innovate with its business. What it lacks is sort of the the shipwide view, which is mm-hmm. something that IT can provide. And uh, we were talking about uh, uh, security, risk, and compliance, but another excellent area where you see this come up is even just information. If you have this proliferation of devices and clouds and, and services, um, the your corporate information architecture is, is strewn all over the place. Trying to get a single view of your customer has just gone out the window again. But this is where some uh, working with IT, working with the business, with the right kind of governance in place, uh, can actually create an architecture and, and do the appropriate delegation of tasks so that uh, important data remains secure and remains visible to everybody within the company, not just a department's uh, personal IT initiative. Does this have to come from the mindset of the new, what we've we've called on the show or on the Coffee Break show, the 21st century uh, IT leadership? Is this something that's a mindset? Are they embracing this? Do they get it yet, Greg? 
I don't think they do. The interesting part is our kids do. Uh, and <laughs> without getting into a whole lot of, uh, of movements, um, but I was seeing this even in a hackathon I was doing over the weekend. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold There's on. Hold on. You can't, you can't throw a word like that on a show like this. What's a hackathon? Come on. A hackathon is getting a bunch of, of, of developers and in this case designers together. Uh, to try and rethink how you're doing business. And in this particular case, what we were trying to do was reinvent business from a, a top-down into a bottom-up um, enterprise. So in other words, giving leadership to the masses uh, and, and really democratizing the business, getting out of this kind of military command and control structure from the uh, 20, 20th century. Interesting, interesting. I want to bring up Paul Stuker from Success Factors into this. Paul, you like to talk about the transformation of IT, and I think that's what we're getting at here is, yep. is what's left for IT? For goodness sake, we're taking, everybody has control, everybody has a budget, or I don't know, maybe they're having cake sales and garage sales and uh, car wash services on the weekends to afford all these servers and whatever they need to be mobile, be in the cloud. So what do you see as the role of the transformation of IT, and what's your point of view? Is it happening? Are we going to have to drag them to the water and make them drink so they can survive, or you tell us? Well, anytime anybody in any culture undergoes fundamental change, everybody gets dragged to the watering hole. That's always kind of <laughs> inevitable. I don't know I don't know an easy way to get around that. It's human nature. But IT has always had uh, a fairly amazing set of skills, uh, and I think what, what IT is coming to realize is that they've got an opportunity to emphasize the more interesting parts of, of being an IT person. Um, managing servers, keeping racks of gear up is, is again, that's, that's going away. That, that's not going to be the focus in the future. The focus is going to be essentially providing shared services for all of the business elements within an organization so that they can take advantage of the fact that IT has some very specialized skills in things mm-hmm. like project governance, project management, uh, compliance assurance, procurement support, vendor management. These are the kinds of things that, that you're not going to find in a marketing organization. You're not going to find in an HR organization. It's not really what they do. They know exactly what problem they have to solve, and they know exactly how they want to solve it today. Um, and they're going to want to change that in six months, and that's really what the cloud provides. But what they don't have is the traditional kind of governance skills that come with an IT organization and are second nature to good IT professionals. So this isn't anybody going to the island. This is more mm-hmm. a case of folks starting to leverage some of the skills that they've traditionally had, kind of maybe more of the cerebral kinds of IT thinking and skills, uh, as, a, as a service within an organization to the business units that, that have a need to be able to be extremely agile uh, and to be able to grab new technology for the business in a strategic way when it comes along. IT needs to step up, and they need to help those organizations do that in a way that is going to be rock-solid secure, that those applications are going to be available because they are going to be mission critical, uh, and to make sure that those projects take into account things that, that most non-technical business users aren't trained to think about. Uh, so that is, is really what I see is, is the, the coming task of IT and the way leading-edge CIOs can really drive value in their organizations. Now, I'm going to open up this question. We've got two minutes till break. The time is really flying. We're having a great conversation here. My question is, 
this transformation of IT we've been talking about, and Paul just spoke about a moment ago, who are these people? What kind of training? What age group? What demographic? What does it take to be that transformative IT lead or IT staffer who's going to get that it's not your same old, it's not mom and pop's old IT. This has got to be a new, flexible, savvy, good listening, scale-driven, understanding IT department. So uh, anybody, anybody want to jump in? I have one minute to go. Who wants to take this? Well, I think this is Jeff Kaplan. I think uh, what we're talking about here is that it's a combination of uh, business analysis skills and vendor management skills, which are going to become more and more Mm -hmm. uh, in demand as the IT department changes its roles and responsibilities in this brave new world. I think brave new world is the key word there. Greg, I'll give you 10 seconds. You want to add something to that? Uh, Ditto, and and really it's going to be about how to – how to handle service level agreements and other kinds of of issues that uh, IT departments need to uh, work through these new kinds of vendors. Terrific. Thank you. That's your 10 seconds. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We're at the end of our first half. Wow, it's going fast today. I have a fantastic panel. We've got Jeff Kaplan, Steve Romero, Paul Stuker, and Greg Chase. Everybody has something great to say, and our topic is... Ah, me and my shadow, IT gone rogue. I think when we come back in the second half, guys, I'd like to talk about this governance thing you've been all mentioning. What is it going to take to get the reins in, rein in all of this rogue and make it really work together for the benefit of the business, for growth, for scaling, and just to keep the business going forward, momentum into the future, profitability. Hey, we've got that word. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to In the Cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. We're going to take a deep breath and a sip of something, and we'll be right back in two minutes. Don't even think of touching your mouse. We'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce more than 52% of the world's movies, collect tolls for over 1.75 billion road miles traveled each year, and represent 80% of the companies on the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. SAP customers fly more than 1.1 billion of the world's passengers, courier over 50% of the world's packages, and manufacture over 77,000 automobiles a day. Learn more at www.sap.com. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce over 70% of the world's chocolate, more than 50% of the world's brand name jeans, over 72% of the world's beer, more than 86% of the world's athletic footwear, and over 65% of the world's televisions. Learn more at www.sap.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. are in the cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. If you have a question or comment for Bonnie or her guests, send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. You can also tweet your comments to pound sign SAP radio during the show. Now back to In the Cloud with Game Changers. 
If you want to know what I do on break on this fast-moving show, I'm drinking some wonderful designer water. It actually says smart on the label, but I don't drink from the bottle. I drink from my Coffee Break with Game Changers mug. It even has my name on it. OMG! And if you want one, just simply go to www.sapgamechangers with an S radio.com. That's sapgamechangersradio.com. Register your business email address. The last year address and we will even ship it and gift wrap it for you. It's really beautiful and I'm enjoying mine. Jeff, do you have a Game Changers mug yet? No, I need one of those. I was going to ask where I could get one. Well, I'm going to make sure you get one after the show. I'd be happy to send you one. And if the other guests want one, just speak up. That's fine. Now, Jeff, let's talk about governance, the G word. We've been talking about rogue IT, about departments going out and making their own deals with vendors and bringing in truckloads of servers. And poor IT off in the corner is saying, what's left for us? Do we have a future? Will we keep our jobs? So we've entered into the domain of the G word, governance. What does that have to do with IT getting back some respect, Jeff, and regaining its importance in the organization. Well, it has everything to do with changing the definition of governance, I think, in today's uh, world. Ah. And that, that means um, not looking at governance in the form of what you can't do, but how you can uh, put parameters in place to encourage people to do more innovative things with the uh, incredibly uh, – a fast-growing array of SaaS and cloud alternatives that are at their disposal, the best of which, by the way, have a built-in traceability and, and monitoring capability that will allow IT and business executives to actually see who's using what and better record that information for governance purposes. Okay, and is this something that, do you, do you go to school to learn how to do governance the right way, Jeff? Is it a trend? Is it a movement? Are there webinars? And how does somebody learn what they need in order to survive? Well, uh, Steve and others are going to have their own ideas about this, but the bottom mm-hmm. line is um, it's a combination of education and experience. Uh, there are certainly training programs, um, uh, many of them around the ideas of ITIL and other uh, quality uh, assurance um, certifications and things of that nature, but then there's the hands-on experience that cannot be replaced, but also the education that the cloud and SaaS community themselves, including mm-hmm. companies like SAP, can be doing to uh, educate the IT community that this thing called the cloud and mobility and, and these new rogue apps don't necessarily have to be a, a threat. They can actually be a tool to help them in this governance process. Thank you, and I'm going to turn to Steve Romero, who is globally recognized as an IT governance evangelist. And if you want to tweet to Steve, it's ITG Evangelist. That's really cool. Steve, talk to me. What's your thought on governance? What, In your experience, how is it going? Where does it have to go to become really respected and in the right place, as Jeff said? And how do people learn it? Right, and, and my heart's beating out of my chest right now, and I've got to. I'm, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to slide my soapbox aside because I'm not going to get on that thing right now, and I will try to keep this short. I'm not looking. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a whole three minutes, so you can okay. have a little extra time. And, 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 and earlier we talked about a new kind of governance, and then it toggled from someone used the term new kind to right kind, and that's that's the point. It's not that we need new governance. It's that we need the correct governance. And I, and I have been dealing with one organization after another, and everybody knows governance, but everybody has governance, but it's almost always wrong. 
And in many cases, IT governance is driven by IT. It's fostered by IT. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 and I don't want to say it's the fox watching the hen house, but it's not too far away. We're supposed to be governing IT, and you don't ask IT to govern itself. And that's mm-hmm. the biggest problem. And I'm not faulting the IT organizations that have stepped up to the plate and have, and, have, and have done what they can to unilaterally establish policies and standards and processes that ensure the outcomes that governance needs to ensure. But it's never going to work until we get the business to, to, to get front and center. At the very least, be a partner. The business is responsible for governance of IT. IT governance, the very worst thing about that term are those first two letters. And it gives people the impression that it's a function of IT, that's a function of the CIO, when in fact it should have been called enterprise governance of IT. The princi- what we're tr- so the business comes in and says, we need to govern IT. Why are we governing them? Because we're going to make sure that when they make decisions about technology, it's aligned with us. It's perfect. It's mm-hmm. the right fit for us. They're going to make decisions that deliver value. We're going to ensure that IT is delivering value for the money that they're spending. We're going to ensure that they manage risk. We're going to make sure that they manage their technology resources, and we're going to make sure that they manage their technology performance. But without the business stepping up and doing that, basically the governance that we've seen, the governance that we have, is, was, it was, again, characterized earlier in the conversation as controlling. It's no, governance is never intended to be limiting. Governance has always been intended to be enabling, enabling outcomes, enabling good decisions. And so that education and experience, it, it is critical. And unfortunately, there's not enough out there. And, and it's just a matter of the business and IT understanding that it's, that it's something that they're doing together, that there's something that they're doing in partnership. But the transformation of IT, in fact, I wrote a blog post about three or four months ago, the, the, the uh-huh. IT transformation delusion. IT oh. cannot do this unilaterally. We'll, we, can, we can do what we can. We, can. we can put some patches in and we can put some Band-Aids on this. But until the business steps up and, and assumes their responsibility to govern IT and, 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 and takes a front and center role in, in technology decisions, IT is going to be very limited in, in their success. Steve, is part of this governance, I, I, I want to know, wrist slapping, hand slapping, cutting the cord, do they go to, as part of this transformation, this, this good governance model, do they go to the CEO and say, we're thrilled you have an iPad, but for God's sake, we have to manage what goes on it and what you take out with it and make sure that we have security in place. Do you go to the marketing team and say, sure you want it fast, sure you want it now, sure you want it cheap, give us six months, we'll find something for you, but in the meantime, please don't do it yourself. How do you make that transition, Steve? And so, you know what? And, and, and I'm going to be very careful about going to, the, to the, any of those departments and saying, wait six months, because that's just okay. going to happen. And so yeah, there's I know. no way to stop them. <laughs> there's no way to stop them. <laughs> you know, there's a number of recommendations I have, but one of them I have is, okay, let's at least establish uh, a, a formal shadow IT risk, risk acceptance policy. And wow. so what we're going to do is, we, yes, we want to get you on board. We want to educate you and let you know about all those different different dimensions that you need to pay attention to, all, all the other aspects of that technology choice besides the gee whiz capability that it delivers to your hand. And, and the panel has already listed that long list of things that IT mm-hmm. can ensure and assure. So we'll say, okay, you can, you can do that. Knock yourselves out. But here, we're going to require every department head, Every business unit lead, every general manager to sign a document, and that document says that they will accept the responsibility for all enterprise risk associated with all of the shadow IT and their organizations. 
I think that will cause an instant change of behavior when all of a sudden they have to take accountability for those things that happen down the road, for the choices right. that they're making without the benefit of, again, many of the things that the panel has already described that, that IT brings, the attention to architecture, the proper investment decision-making, security, risk, appropriate provisioning, outsourcing, all those things that, that we do. If they're going to, if they're going to, you know, completely ignore the fact that we can deliver that capability, then here, you know, sign that risk. In the meantime, though, I don't want to keep picking on the business. IT mm-hmm. has to be able to deliver those things, and even though we have that expertise, being able to systematically deliver it to the business in the most effective and efficient manner, in a way where it's connected to the business and focused on those business outcomes, uh, IT's got a way to, many IT organizations have a way to go before they can make it. They have a way to go. I want uh, Paul Stuker come in on this one. You agree with Steve? It's going to take time? Uh, is it going to take time? Yeah. I think there's some drivers that, that are going to, going to force some things to happen sooner than later. Um, Tell us. I, I have a concern about, about here, here's on the forum and now you're responsible because when you look at the cost just for notif- notifying affected parties in the event of a breach, a data breach, mm-hmm. these days on the average for a Fortune 1000 company, notification costs are upwards of $6 million. When you look at things like damage to brand uh, and other impacts from, from a significant security breach, um, it, catastrophic. Your stock can drop 20% in a day. Uh, it, it's, oh. it's a thing that, it, that goes way beyond any one department. What, what I'm seeing is that the character and nature of IT organizations that are stepping up and embracing the change, uh, the character of those people and the training and skills of those people is changing dramatically. And I'll give you a great mm-hmm. example. The, the last two security officers that I hired, in addition to having a master's in computer science and, and a CISSP or, or certified information system security professional certification, both mm-hmm. of them all also had Juris Doctorates in Law. <laughs> Get out. Wow. Yep. I'm also starting to see an alignment with more and more MBAs, um, with, with folks in IT that, that are looking to have a future that goes above and beyond uh, being, being an Oracle DBA. So for the folks who are, are staking out their future in IT uh, uh-huh. in this day and age, uh, again, we're starting to see people look at this and come to the table with a much, much, much broader skill set than we've seen traditionally. And I think that's going to enable them to embrace being a service to a business a- as opposed to staying in, in that room you described on the, on yes. the start of this where we yes. go in behind the great big door and there's lots of blinking lights. I, Very I think interesting. this thing is transforming <laughs> itself uh, as fast as anybody in the industry can keep up with it. Uh, a Thank lot of you. what's driving that is is data privacy laws outside the U.S. Yeah. and data security requirements on a global basis. Um, and, and I think that IT organizations absolutely positively have to offer a very a very broad service, but incumbent upon them is to also take in a new degree of domain expertise about what their customers are trying to accomplish. That's very, what the very well put. are doing. They're making sure they understand the customer's business as well as the customer, and they're going in and they're pitching solutions. We're pitching solutions that address all of the technology things that are going to fulfill the customer's needs. But, again, it's incumbent on us to be able to understand exactly mm-hmm. what the customer needs to accomplish. Historically, the IT organization hasn't really had to do that, and now they do. 
Um, so again, the, the 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 leading edge organizations they're embracing it. The people that they're bringing into those organizations have got a much broader educational background, and certainly uh, if if they've been in the organization for the last three years with all the change that we've seen in these organizations, then they're they're absolutely getting indoctrinated into where this is all going. Good, and I'm, I'm intrigued by the idea of MBA. We're talking about the business aspect, the strategy, the strategizing skills of IT, that they have to understand the business and the business's needs, not just the box with the blinking lights. Greg Chase, we're almost at break, but I want you to take me out. Give me a minute on your idea of the pedigree. Do you agree with Paul Stuker that these people in IT are going to have the JD and the MBA? What do you think? Well, Paul, I mean, uh, uh, Bonnie, I really like what Paul characterized in terms of the transformation of IT mm-hmm. skills. It's almost the mirror image of what I was talking about earlier. It's the mm-hmm. businessification, pardon the the word man mangling of That's IT. Okay. Um, and it, it makes sense. Uh, it makes sense because uh, I, I recall uh, our. our our friend Sino Watanmed, who is CIO of a cloud mm-hmm. uh, of a cl- uh, cloud-based company, and he was talking I about know, how uh, on his IT team, his lawyers as much of his of his uh, business partner as engineers are. Okay, uh, let me see, Justin. Are we at at the edge here, or do we have a couple more seconds? I'm looking for a time check here. I think we're just about at the edge. You know what, Greg? We have one minute left. Okay, Greg, finish us that thought. Give me a couple more seconds, and then we'll go out and I'll tell everybody what's coming up next. Uh, anything else you want to add? Um, <clears throat> basically, I would say that uh, the business and IT working together, if we can get. Uh, if we can get this working out well, uh, to me, an extreme view or an ideal view of this is you can start servicing uh, teams of people such as developers in the business because that's something people think of developers mm. as being IT users. But, in fact, they're a special kind of, of business user, at least from the IT perspective. And so it would be interesting to um, uh, see how, especially in this uh, world of a lot of changing technology, how developers can be better uh uh, accommodated in the business and with IT. Thanks. Good. And that's the first time we've talked about developers. Uh, I want to tell everybody when we come back, guess what? It's time for the crystal ball. We're going to look into the cloud. We're going to look up there to the sky five years from today. My guests are going to predict as businesses change, companies of all sizes across the, across the globe, all business sectors, what is rogue IT going to look like? Will we still be talking about it? Will there have been that transformation of IT five years from today? I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is In the Cloud with Game Changers. We'll be right back. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network think you know sap think again sap customers produce over 70 percent of the world's chocolate more than 50 percent of the world's brand name jeans over 72 percent of the world's beer more than 86 percent of the world's athletic footwear and over 65% of the world's televisions. Learn more at www.sap.com. 
Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce more than 52% of the world's movies, collect tolls for over 1.75 billion road miles traveled each year, and represent 80% of the companies on the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. SAP customers fly more than 1.1 billion of the world's passengers, courier over 50% of the world's packages, and manufacture over 77,000 automobiles a day. Learn more at www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are in the cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. If you have a question or comment for Bonnie or her guests, send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. You can also tweet your comments to pound sign SAP Radio during the show. Now back to In the Cloud with Game Changers. Okay, my guests are polishing off the crystal ball. I know they each have a personal version of it. We're going to start with Jeff Kaplan from Think Strategies. Jeff, five years from today, will we still be talking about rogue IT or not? What do you say? Well, it will be the norm of IT rather than rogue IT because we're going to be seeing more tech-savvy workers coming to the market. Anybody who has kids, especially teenage uh, kids, uh, knows that they've grown up with this stuff and they are the digital natives who are going to be populating the workplace and they won't put up with what we've um, accepted for so many years and there will be more of them demanding more hardware and uh, system solutions to meet their needs and they vendors themselves are going to become more savvy trying to appeal to those renegade employees, hoping they'll bring them into the enterprise. So, therefore, it's not a question of whether IT needs to change alone, but how mm-hmm. IT works with the corporate executives within their organizations to change the mindsets of their operations and to change the way in which they govern, uh, or else they will inevitably fail and, in fact, disappear. Uh, Jeff, I want to ask a quick second question of you. Does this topic come up in your Cloud Innovator Summit's Executive Forum series? Is this Absolutely. Something- Absolutely. Because, uh, in, in fact, the, the smartest um, cloud vendors are those vendors who are trying to appeal to business users who have been facing uh, simple, maybe, problems day in and day out that have just frustrated them and they no longer have faith that IT can figure them out or solve them, uh, and therefore they're more than happy, as we said at the beginning of the show, to circumvent IT and yeah. go with those vendors who appeal to them personally uh, and promise to help them get their jobs done more effectively. So interesting. Uh, you and I, Jeff, can probably look back over our shoulder at the day when when corporate was corporate and the the reins were tight, the rules were strict, you didn't do what you weren't supposed to do, or at least you didn't do it out in the open, and this wouldn't have happened. So it's very interesting to me, this trend. Let's turn to Steve Romero, Crystal Ball, founder of Romero Consulting. What do you see, Steve? So I yeah I, I agree that the, the term rogue IT I think it's going to be short lived um, and, and I think we're going to see some new models 
The first one's going to be, again, very close to what Jeff described. I think you're going to see some IT organizations just, you know, phase out, just get relegated to a meaningless role, and then pretty soon, you know, those users are going to be completely dependent on those third-party vendors. And we'll see whether or not in the long term that proves to be any better than the mess that we've developed over the last 20 years with the centralized mm. IT that devolved into a, into a, an organization that couldn't serve the business well enough. I don't think it's going to be that large of a number, but I think that will represent a few. I think the, the, largest, the, uh, uh, the largest number will be those organizations where you end up with a two-tier system, where I, the centralized IT organization gets relegated to doing the mundane, kind of everyday, mm-hmm. archaic aspects of information technology, providing infrastructure, co- you know, some, some uh, of, the, of the more commoditized applications, while the users are dealing directly with, with third parties for those customer-facing, sexy, brand-new applications. <laughs> and you've got another, you know, and they're completely separated. I think this, another small group, probably even smaller than that first group, will be those organizations where they use this as an opportunity to get IT and the business together, to act as, as a single unit, to act as one. And I'll tell you what, I want to be in that organization because if I'm, if I'm in that organization, I'm going to crush those other two. <laughs> not, not for any lack of enthusiasm, Steve Romero. I appreciate that. Wow, if this were the coffee break show, I would have guessed you had a double shot of espresso today. This is great. I love the energy. Paul Stuker, you're new to our radio show. You've been, you've contributed great ideas. What do you see in the crystal ball? I can give you a minute and a half tops. Go. Sounds good. I, I'm really excited about what Steve just said. I, I think he hit it absolutely dead on. I think that, that five years from now, IT organizations are going to be completely customer-centric business services who happen to have a technology focus. But I really see their role going forward, not so much in, in, in terms of being the dogmatic guys who tell you what technology you're allowed to have, Mm-hmm. But they're going to be the folks that facilitate you driving technology change to run your business at the speed of business and to do so in a way that's completely safe and mitigates any risk exposed to the organization. So it sounds like they'll become a hero. Is that what you're driving at? Yes, ma'am. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Greg Chase, thoughts, closing thoughts, crystal ball. I know you have a lot in yours. Why don't you give us a minute and a half? So just... Focusing on a lot of what the the panel's been saying in their uh, crystal balls, and that is already you're seeing IT moving into the products and services uh, the companies are providing uh, in terms of smarter products, uh, uh, automated interactions with uh, with customers and their devices, um, and this is only going to become significantly more pervasive, especially as our our things that currently are dumb are going to become smarter. Second, there's going to be, be tremendous opportunities for um, innovation, and the only way that business is going to be able to take advantage of all this if, is if they have developers seated in the business organization to make this happen. So this uh, will require um, uh, a cooperation between core IT and the business, shadow IT. Thank you very much. And I have to do some predictions of my own because we have shows coming up. Yes, we do lots of them. Full editorial calendars. So let's see, two minutes. I can do this. I can do this. June 21st on In the Cloud with Game Changers right here. We'll be talking about cloud strategy and co-innovation. You won't want to miss that one. You don't want to miss any of these actually. June 28th, the rise of enterprise app stores in the cloud. Talk about innovation. And let's talk about our coffee break with Game 
Game Changers series, as you know, everybody knows. 25,000 of you already know Wednesdays, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 Eastern. On June 20th next week, we'll be talking about retail banking of the future. Be customer-centric or poof. It could happen. And on the 27th of June, we'll be talking about HR analytics. How is your human capital investment performing? Special thank you to Greg Chase for suggesting this topic to us. Greg, this worked out great. Thank you for, Greg said to me, can I be on the panel? I suggested it. I said, sure, come on. And we're glad you did. That was great. And everybody, if you want that special official SAP Game Changers mug, go to sapgamechangersradio.com. And I have a message for all of you. If you're looking for our stars on In the Cloud with Game Changers, we will soon be adding this show to the archives on that RadioCast site. So right now you won't find Paul Stuker and Jeff Kaplan and Steve Romero and Greg Chase listed on that site, but it's coming in the next couple of weeks. We are trying to think of everything. Shout-outs, thank-yous, as always, to Patricia Harris, Joan Sherlock, Malcolm Kimberlin, and again, Greg Chase and our team at the Business Channel. And I'm just going to say it's been a great show. Thank you to my very special guest, Jeff Kaplan. Always a pleasure to get the insights from the top of the world, looking down from Think Strategies. Always great, and thank you so much for joining me again. Steve Romero, have a calm evening. <laughs> I hope we, we got we got you riled up, kiddo. I'm just going to relax. No caffeine for me tonight after listening to you, but it's a good thing. Paul Stuker, you're welcome to come back anytime. Wonderful insights, great speaker, and we appreciate everything you shared. And Greg Chase, what can I say? You're helping me and Malcolm put together a great editorial calendar and get great guests for In the Cloud. Yeah, find I'm... me on Twitter. I'm always there. <laughs> Everybody's on Twitter, actually. If you go to pound sign SAP radio, You'll see a slew of tweets. Malcolm's been tweeting. I've been retweeting during the show. Yes, I do multitask a little bit. And everybody is there. You can find it's pound sign SAP radio. You can see everybody's Twitter handles and tell them you enjoyed them on the show because I certainly did. It's such a pleasure to be here in the cloud with Game Changers. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Have a great week. We'll see you next week right here on the Business Channel. Over and out. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Thank you again for being part of In the Cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Please join Bonnie D. Graham again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. And be sure to tune in to our other program, Coffee Break with Game Changers, every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, also on the Business Channel. Between shows, visit us at www.sapgamechangersradio.com. <laughs>